What's up guys? For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sam Marvin and I have been in the photography industry for 25 plus years. While I love being a creative, business is my passion and elevating the industry of photography is my focus. I created the Seven Figure Photographer to share my journey to seven figures and help others find their way too. What's up everybody? Welcome to Seven Figure Photographer Live. Today is, well, it's December 16th, 2021. So we got a great, uh, we actually have something great prepared for you today. Mia is on the live with us today. And will you talk for just a second? And hello. Hello. <laughs> but we're going to bring Mia in for a good bit of it and let her share her opinions, her thoughts and ideas because I'm going to need some help. That's just all there is to it. If you want to see this video, uh, we have our seven figure photographer Facebook group as well as our seven figure photographer YouTube channel where this is all uh, live as well. So today we are going to talk about uh, we've well, we've compiled a list of 12 things that we think everybody needs to do to prepare for their business in 2022. Now, these are 12 really important things that we're going to do ourselves, things that we've thought ahead of just specifically to help you really prepare and be ready for 2022. So without further ado, we're going to get started. Number one on that list is get started on your taxes. <laughs> Mia, tell us about taxes right now. <laughs> tell us about taxes right now. <laughs> So I'm behind. <laughs> Mia's I'm so behind. Well, the worst part is if you fall so be far behind, your bank doesn't even support that information. So you can't anymore. get the CSV downloads. Yeah. So and you have that's to do it by hand. That's what Mia's been dealing <laughs> with. Is she's been entering all of her transactions by hand, and she's hating life. Yes. Uh, she can't go out and have fun because <laughs> she's got to do taxes. Exactly so. Taxes. A couple of things that I want you to consider and be ready for coming up. Now, obviously, we don't have year-end. We don't have um, bank statements for December, so we can't really finish those taxes, but we can be prepared. Make sure you have all your receipts. I particularly photograph all my receipts and put them in Dropbox. If you have QuickBooks, put them in QuickBooks. There's a lot of different ways. If you don't have either of those, make sure you have all your receipts in a file folder, saved somewhere safe for seven years. I think that's the general idea of how long you need to keep track of those. If you're not ready, go on January 1. I'm going to save you a lot of pain. Mia, I'm going to suggest this for you. <laughs> Download your CSV or your the bank statement, not even the bank statement. Download the Excel spreadsheet or CSV for your account uh, from your bank because a lot of banks don't hold that for very long. Sometimes they only hold it for six months. And when you get lazy and don't get those taxes done, it sucks. Like it literally has consumed yeah. Mia's life Every for hour. a couple of months now, actually like quite a long time. Yeah. So one of the, a couple of things I want you to do is I want you to categorize all your transactions. Now this is something you can do in QuickBooks, uh, but go through and set categories. One of the categories I specifically make, and I've talked about this, is I, I like to categorize or tag 
Sometimes you can do it just by tagging. And I like to tag my subscription expenses. I like to tag my supplies like stretcher bar for CIC Pro Lab, print supplies, uh, ink, media, all those things. I like to categorize them because then what it allows you to do is at the end of the year, you can look back and say, okay, this is how much money I spent on this. Now, one of the things to give you a prime example, when you categorize these things, you can look back and say, okay, how many of this product did I order this year? Canvas is one of those things. If I order Canvas in bulk, I get a discounted rate. So I know that this year we went through, I think it was 11 roll, uh, no, it was, maybe it was more than that. I gotta look at it. But if I, let's just use 11 for example. If we went through 11 rolls of Canvas, that's really low actually. If we went through 11 rolls of Canvas, then I go to my manufacturer or to the vendor and say, hey, can I order you know, 15 rolls at a discounted rate. And if you can do that and or save on shipping, then you can actually buy your whole year's supply uh, at a discounted rate and save yourself some money. Next thing I want you to do is reconcile your accounts. Now, you can't reconcile December, but you can reconcile up through November and have that ready to go so that on the 2nd or 3rd of January, when you get your bank statements, you can go in and reconcile and send that over to your accountant and be done. Now, last but not least is profit and loss statements. If you don't know how to make a profit and loss statement or how to achieve one from your tax software or from your CRM, if, if you have a CRM, it's very likely you have a profit and loss statement in your CRM. Some of them, most of them, maybe some of them not. Figure out how to do a profit and loss. Understand what a profit and loss is and pull it regularly. So that's all I got for you with taxes. Do them. I know they're not the sexy part about business, but let me tell you, when you understand your numbers, your business will excel beyond what you might think because when you understand those numbers, you can do so much better and you can understand so much more and you can be much more efficient. So number two, I'm just gonna briefly touch on this one. Number two is define or redefine your SMART goals. Now remember, we talked about this about a week or two ago. SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Make sure your goals are SMART, and what I mean by that is obviously the specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And then redefine them. Define what those goals are, and really dial in on what you gotta do. The other day I gave you a breakdown. If you wanna make $100,000, you have to break it down by quarter and by month and by week so that you understand how attainable that really is. Number three is take stock in where you're at and like where you're at now with your business. And what I mean by that is a couple of different things. One thing I want you to do, and this is actually a really fun well, I don't know if it's fun. It's a good exercise. It's something that's really beneficial to you as far as just like your peace of mind. Look at where you are today and look at where you were a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. Um, I have to tell you, when I was a kid, one of the things I realized, actually as an adult I've realized, is that I set goals and dreams that I've achieved and forgot to set new goals uh, one of those goals was I wanted to make six figures in photography, okay? I've exceeded, I've far exceeded that. Um, but now, like sometimes I forget to look back and realize, holy crap, I'm way beyond that. And I still question my success as a photographer. 
But yet the goals I set, I decimated. So think about those things. Now, the next part, I'm actually going to let Mia share with you because this is one of the things she wants to talk about in determining where you're at with your business as far as go for it. As far as go for it? Yeah. Um, so really, it's just the fact that if you don't know what your analytics are or how to use your analytics, then you really don't have an idea of what's going on. Like, you can have that goal of getting over six figures, but are you, if you're not there yet, if you haven't achieved that goal, how do you know if you're making progress, I guess? Um, so I, I don't know. I don't and like just for the record, in case any of you don't understand what she means by analytics, she's talking about like, your stats for social, also just the analytics for like KPIs and yeah. web stats and that kind of stuff. Well, and even like the ROIs, like we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the um, mailers that we sent out and there's certain ROIs, learning all that. But a really easy way to start, if you go to Instagram, they have, I don't know if it'll focus on that, but they have all your analytics sitting there for you. And you have the ability up here in the top, you can click down and you can do it. It's going to be slow, but you can change it to 30 days. You can change it to 14 days. If you sit here and you look at seven days, if we update that, you'll see how little we've done in the last week. Um, <laughs> but our, we have reached more accounts. Like our accounts are up, but our engagement is down and our total followers are down. But that is such a small thing. And sometimes I think people get stuck on what, what happened last week. And really what you need to be looking for, if you go, I'm going over here to the last 90 days to update it to 90 days, um, is to take a big chunk. If you look at that big chunk, now our accounts reached is down, but the engagement is up like 71 plus percent. And our total followers is also up over that longer period of time. And so I think it just, you need to spend some time learning um, how to find, one, find the analytics and two, what you're going to do with them, because and, that really shows where you actually are sitting. And understanding what's important and what moves the needle yeah. in those. One of my favorite things to do is to actually pull my Google Analytics for my website and to look at it by the year. Like, where are my numbers at by the year? And are there any of those things changing? Some of the important things, like Mia, I'm going to have you share, what are some of the important uh items to pay attention to, especially for social media, when it comes to determining what moves the needle you're um, on? I think, so these are the ones I keep in my drawer that I focus on. Uh, growth rate, which would be your new followers over your base followers. So always kind of judging where your growth rate is, because obviously the more um, clients you have, the better chance you have to convert them over. As far as Instagram goes, probably Facebook to your traffic, like, because really, Social media is just a chance to get them get them from the audience and put them into your site, right? Bring them into your door. Um, so we really want to be seeing how many of those people are actually tapping on that website. How many are coming to your site? How many are giving you a call? Um, so if you put your website taps over your followers, then that's a really easy way to see what your traffic is. Just multiply all these by 100 and you'll get a percentage. Kind of the same for the stories first view. Like the first slide over the last view, you'll see how many are following you all the way through, especially right now as you guys are coming towards like ramping up for your new teams for the new year, how many people are actually following all the way through. Because if you put your CTA at the very end of your story and not like in the middle or the beginning, if you're down to like a 20% rate, by the time you get to the end, you need to remember that only 20% of the people, not your followers, are the people that actually saw the story 
are even getting to the part where you have your CTA, your call to action. So if that call to action is at 20%, that's not really doing you any good. So you need to move that call to action to like two stories in where you're still at like 80%. Does that make sense? Is that kind of where we're going? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And those are obviously what we've talked about in the past, your KPIs, your key performance indicators. And it's, it's important to know what those are. Some of the key performance indicators that I look at is like how many leads do we get into the business on a regular basis or on a weekly basis or a monthly basis? And of those leads, how many of them are we getting in for studio tours or how many of them are we booking? So that's number three, taking stock and where you're at, uh, where you are now and where you were like a year ago. Number four, this is one of my favorites. This is something that I've been working on a ton right now uh, and something that really I just get excited about. It's identifying your bottlenecks. Where are you experiencing suffering in your business? Last night, uh, I had this fun little spat with my wife. She'll probably love the fact that I'm sharing this. I simply asked her, where are we at with a client? And she seemed a little frustrated that I would just ask her that. And so she jumped up, ran in, found out where we were at. And I was like, I wasn't like mad. I just wanted to know because the client wanted to know. And that's something that we've really been trying to fix with Trello and updates. And that's one of the things that she's been struggling to update in Trello. Because I said, if you would just put it in Trello as you do those things, then we have a central location that we can go in and look at it and determine Another thing that we did last week, uh, Bart was out of the office and we had to ship a couple of prints and we get into the computer and Bart had screenshotted a bunch of, of shipping labels. And so when we created a shipping label and screenshotted it, we're like, well, which one is it? It's hard to determine. And so that's one of those things that I recognized as a small bottleneck, but I was like, what can I do to, to fix it? So I actually jumped onto the computer, took about 10 minutes, created an automation with Mac Automator, which is incredibly powerful. Even Mia taught me something on it yesterday. And I made it so that when you take a screenshot, you can drag it over this little icon and it automatically sizes the print, prints it out on our thermal label as a, as a uh, shipping label. And then it moves it off of the desktop into a storage folder just in case we need it again. And that's some of the simple stuff. Find where your bottlenecks are in your business. Maybe it's like the phone. Maybe you're struggling to get people in the door because you're not answering the phone on time or you're not replying. Figure out where those things are that are hurting your business and then look at it. What can I do to fix it? What can I do to make it better? Is there a system that I can create to make it so that we understand, okay, well, if the system's broken, what part of it didn't work? And what can we do to make it better? So that's number four, identifying your bottlenecks. Number five, this is a great one as well. Establish new boundaries. And I'm going to let Mia talk a little bit about this. But I, before I do, um, I'm going to share some of the boundaries that I've worked on establishing. I meet so many photographers that shoot on the weekends. And that's cool. You can do that. But I make a great living and I never, ever shoot uh, on the weekends. This year has been amazing because... Mia hasn't scheduled a single sales session for a Saturday this year. This, this is like a first in my life. Um, but we established some boundaries. I don't want to work Saturdays and Sundays. If I can help it, I don't want to do it. Uh, this year, we set the boundary to only work three days a week. And I did that for a number of different reasons. One of which 
was I wanted to spend more time with my family and I want to keep Mia around. And I know that one of the things that's going to pull her away from me is feeling that need to spend more time with her family. So if we only shoot into the evenings three days a week, then that allows us to establish boundaries. So what are some of the boundaries that you can set or what are some of the boundaries that you've set, Mia, to create and how do you stick to those? I think for boundaries, one of the things, and I'll talk to those that are women for a second because I feel like a lot of times when, before I came here working for Sam, I did my own photography thing and we, I liked to shoot while my kids were in school because that's the time that I had, but then I had little ones. So you kind of like time adjust around all these different things. And I think it's really important to kind of plan ahead. I was so excited when my youngest was starting kindergarten because I had a chunk of time. And I think with part of the boundaries, not only is it for your customers, it's for yourself. So I think when you are kind of evaluating how you're going to spend your next year, if you know that you need time to just sit there and edit, tell yourself that you'll edit while the kids are at school or you'll edit. um, Or create specific times for editing. Yeah, just time block it. Like really go back. We've talked about the 12-week year. It's one of my all-time favorite books. Time block it all out and set those boundaries for yourself so that I think too, eating, like, again, it might just be a woman thing, but I kind of have a tendency to just go and go and go until Sam's like, okay, let's go eat. It's like, oh yeah. But if you're working at home or you're doing but this I just on your go, own. I just go eat when Yin puts something in the yeah, microwave. Yeah, when Yin puts something in, we smell the food. But set those blocks out. You're going to work on editing from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Then you're going to give yourself a lunch break and then you're going to cu- talk to your customers. And if you start establishing those habits, um, the boundaries are for you as much as they are for keeping people out. It's for keeping you healthy and you sane exactly. in all of this. So. And one of the things that we've actually done um, that I've tried to help Michelle with is creating like her blocks of time. One of the hard things that she deals with is ordering product. And it's so consuming because each item has to be ordered individually. And so we've actually created systems where she just sets up like to order product only on Mondays or on Fridays because then she can get through the week. And instead of ordering when orders come in or people approve stuff, she can say, okay, well, I'm going to order those on Friday. And she sets aside two or three hours and just orders everything for those days. So, so that's number five, establish new boundaries. Um, I can't tell you how important that is. And, um, you know, I fought the same fight as all of you guys do. I take the business when I can get it, but, and it's probably even cost me a little bit of money this year. Uh, but the happiness, the, the feeling of looking back and realizing that I haven't even had a sales session on a Saturday this year, high five Mia, because that does mean a ton to me. Um, and we've still had everything just fine. So number six is clean your house. Now, I wish you guys could see how messy my desk is right now. Or the fact that I cleaned mine right before. You guys would probably laugh me off of this live, but that's not actually what I'm talking about. It is a little bit. Uh, there's a couple of different things that I want you to consider when I say clean your house. Uh, clean up your task list. If you have, I'm guilty of this like big time. My Trello to-do list is huge. And um, I try to make it a point. Mia always knows when I'm like cleaning up the to-do list because I start typing in every Trello card, like 
um, where are we at on this? Where are we at on this? And she starts getting them. She's like, okay, well, Sam's clean. And she probably gets a little bit testy about it. Um, so clean up your task list, your to-do list, and just make them nice and clean and get rid of stuff that doesn't matter. Because every time you go in and look at it and it stresses you out, it just creates a negative environment for yourself. And when you're starting a new year, you don't need that. Clean up your email list. Like I had, in fact, one of the biggest reasons, the number one thing that I wanted Mia to do when I first hired her. And I got to tell you, she sucked at it. Um, she tried. <laughs> That's not true. I've got it. Up she tried. Now. But to clear out my email, I wanted, I had like, what was I up to? Like 12,000? Oh it was ridiculous. But you yeah. get like 300 a day. I do. I get so many emails and I have multiple businesses, multiple accounts. So like I get it, but I've tried really hard to keep that clean. And I'm a little bit behind right now. I'm at like 1100 emails. And so Go in, clean that up. Use your email inbox as somewhat of a to-do list. If there's an email in there, make sure that it's taken care of. If it's not important, get rid of it or file it away into a folder. Organize your office. Like find little things that you can do to reorganize to make your systems better. Like for instance, our printer over here, we have paper over here and paper over there with the cutter. And we really could do with just a great organization day of just organizing some of those things and creating specific places for things so that it's organized and um, put in place. Mia, what do you have to say about anything to add to this? I am really excited to throw you under the bus, actually. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think along with this, it goes back to number four, like kind of understanding where your bottlenecks are. But one of the things that we know about Sam is he loves stuff, right? Mm. And he subscriptions, holy cow, all the subscriptions. And there are there are great subscriptions, but sometimes he kind of has a tendency to forget what subscriptions he has. Or I'm, he's I'm working on it. done it like has the same subscription in three different emails. <laughs> and <stuff>. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this is really important too to clean up your subscriptions or subscriptions because Are you, you talking know, about email subscriptions? No, I'm talking about like or all of it. like on the phone. Like when you have, what are the ones that you had three accounts for the other day that we had to like combine into one? So like I've got Mojo and we use Planoly oh. and Hootsuite, like all those things. You don't need all of them. Some are essential. Yeah. I, and I, sometimes when you don't know you have one and you sign up for it again. For yeah. I had like three time. or four different year subscriptions to, <laughs> to, um, the same thing. to Monster Insights for web <laughs> yeah, stuff. Awesome. And I sent him a message and I was like, um, I just signed up for a new one with 25 accounts and I don't think I need it. I think I only need the five accounts. And they wrote back and they're like, well, you, already have, you have like three accounts with five accounts on them. So do you want us to just get rid of this one? I was like, uh, when you yeah. think about that, what a money suck that oh, is big time. when it comes to that because yeah. you're paying and you don't even know. And I think some of the times we get things or people suggest things. And so we're all over it. We're like, yeah, we're going to use that. We're going to implement it. And so we pay for it because our free trial is up and then you forget and so you're just being charged yeah. over and over and over again. So clean those up too. Like, Don't forget about the subscriptions. One I got the other day, I was kind of miffed because uh, GoDaddy, for those of you who don't know, I'm a little bit of a domain hoarder. <laughs> just a little bit. I think Sometimes I line. buy domains as investments. So I buy domains and I have one that is literally, I don't even have the business anymore. Somebody else has it. It's like, and I just got charged for two years of subscription for three different domains to the tune of like $140 or something. And it just like auto went through and I was like, what the hell? So that's a good one to get rid of. Okay. Number seven, plan your education. Now this is huge. What events 
are you going to attend this year? What is your budget for education? Are they smart events to attend? Are they going to move the needle forward for you in your business? Or are you just going, how many different freaking lighting workshops can you go to? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, guys, I understand it because, and, and it's not like I'm like epic at lighting, but when you're going to an event about lighting, like how many times have you learned lighting? How much do you know about lighting? Like, can you really perfect your craft? Now I get it. Some of it is about networking and that's huge, especially for us because we work with other photographers with coaching and stuff like that. So the goal is to meet other photographers and network that way, but it's also to educate ourselves. We go to trade shows specifically for education. Uh, I go to trade shows for buying uh, product and stuff like that, but I have a very specific education budget every year. And one of the things I'm actually talking about doing is a new live about the negative education budget, which this is the education budget you apply to for messing crap up and the education you learn from that. So, but consider what's smart, be very selective and make sure that the educational events you're attending are going to move the needle forward for your business. Cause I think all too often, and I might hurt some feelings with this. We all get so focused on like, let's, go educate ourselves and learn. But at what point are we gonna realize, and this is not to anybody specific, at what point are we gonna realize that like none of that is putting leads in the door? And that's really what you need for your business is get people in the door. So find education that focuses on that and not just, um, again, I'm not, I'm not pinpointing anybody specific, but not just about how to, do social media or how to, you know, write better SEO, which that actually does, that actually does move it forward. But focus on things that are going to actually help you drive leads and people into your business. So that's one I'm really, really passionate about. I think that there's nothing more important. In fact, I got a quote for you, uh, but there's nothing more important about uh, that rather than focusing on um, education for your business. Uh, obviously, you can spend too much money, just like you can buy too much gear, uh, but you can also spend edu spend education dollars in the wrong places. So the quote that I had for you is, once Mia advances it forward for me. Oh, sorry. I don't just have it memorized. No, it's not on. Oh, yeah, it is on. Yeah, it is. So the best investment you can make is an investment in yourself. The more you learn, the more you earn. And that's a Warren Buffett quote. Um, the guy's earned a few dollars in his lifetime. Hmm. Uh, so one to listen to. But definitely invest in yourself and invest in the things. Again, we're going back to the, I can't remember which one, which number it was, but determine where your bottlenecks are and focus your education on the things that will help you overcome those bottlenecks. So uh, number eight, I believe, schedule your time, or sorry, schedule you time, not your time, schedule you time. A couple years ago, my wife, my fam, my kid were like, you know, when are we going to get to spend summers together? When are we going to get to do these things? So I tried to really make it a point that every August in the middle of my busy time, I take a week and I go on a family vacation. And I do this very specifically to show my family that I'm willing to step away from my business that I'm passionate about and take time with just them. But there's so much to it that is specific to just making time for you. Make personal projects, plan personal projects. I suck at this and I've needed to do it for a long time. I wanna do it. I pick up the camera so much that sometimes I just don't wanna do that. So make personal projects. 
look at the needs that your family has and make sure to consider those things and plan for those times for your family. Even if it is weekly, schedule you time on a weekly basis. And it's okay if it's in the middle of business time. It's okay if you schedule to take two hours off in the middle of the week to go and go out to lunch with your kid or go to lunch with them at school or whatever, because you'll never, you'll never lose when you take those times to invest in yourself and in your own personal health. So that's number eight, schedule you time. I didn't, I probably didn't do it justice. It really needs more emphasis to schedule you time. Okay, number nine. We talked about this last week, create a budget. Um, I'm not gonna get into a, a lot of this because if you wanna hear more about it, go watch that video, create a budget. And then I don't care if you go over budget. Everybody goes over budget. You build a house, you go over budget. You do everything you do, you're gonna go over budget. But have a basis. Decide where you need to be. Learn how to do that profit and loss. Look at your profit and loss and say, okay, Sam, we spent $23,000 this year on subscription services. And so I've spent a lot of time figuring out how can I eliminate and how can I reduce some of that? Because some of that money could go to other things. Some of that money could go into my pocket. Some of that money could be used to hire another employee to take some of the load off of Mia or to do something else. So establish your budget and work from that budget. Like I said, you don't have to, like, I, I don't want you to not stick to the budget, but use it as a basis or as a guidance for you. And for crap's sakes, guys, read Profit First. You've heard me say it a hundred times. Um, I'm gonna say it a hundred more times. It literally changed my life and I've seen it change so many other people's lives. So go get that book and read it. Um, I wanna say something to okay. Um, I think one of the most important things I've learned from you, probably from working here, is with within that creating a budget, learn what your cost of doing business is. Because one of the things that Sam just does all the time is he knows how much his time is worth and he's transferred it to me. He knows how much time my, or how much worth my time is. So like we just had somebody come in to do cleaning because I used to do all of the cleaning and I wasn't really the best at it. I kept it up. <laughs> he's laughing at me now. I kept it up, but it wasn't, you know, I mean, it's not. She cleaned the easy things. I did. I cleaned the easy things because there's so many other things to do. Um, but that, again, that was a bottleneck and something that bugged Sam and it's hard when it's not clean and your customers come in and you, and you notice, but he also knew how much my time was worth and he knew that it was better to outsource that. And I think you need to consider that when you're creating a budget for your business, remember how much your time is worth. Yes, you can do it all, but you're going to run yourself ragged. You're going to be done and you're not going to have fun doing your job and you won't love it anymore. So keep that in mind. And one of those things to kind of piggyback on that is understanding your employees. Like that created some frustration with me towards Mia because I wanted things clean, but she wasn't cleaning the things that I wanted clean. Part of that was my own fault. But instead of being frustrated with her, I would rather use her for, that sounds bad, but I'd rather put her in her zone of genius and get the most out of her value and hire somebody else to clean so that I can, A, take my frustration, like get rid of that frustration with her because I'm expecting her to do something that isn't like her best quality. Not saying that you're not clean, but anyway. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's one of those things that got a little bit off, off on a tangent, but create a budget, use it, 
live by it as much as you can and help it. Just let it be a guideline. We're down to the last three guys. Uh, number 10, this is my favorite one. For crap's sakes, raise your prices. Everybody can be, everybody could raise their prices right now and be just fine. I promise you. Get out of your own way. I, I have some really fun stuff coming up with pricing and fear that photographers go through. But guys, I'm, I'm hands down one of the most expensive photographers here in my area, without question. And I just raised my prices. Now, the one thing I want you to understand is you don't have to necessarily raise your prices to raise your prices. And I'm going to get to that. But one of the things we did this year, I've never liked the idea of minimums, but I see people all the time that have $1,700, $1,800, $2,500 minimums. And I exceed those. So I'm like, I can sell it. So I don't need it. But then I get frustrated with the clients that come in here and spend $1,800 or $2,200. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't be upset with them. I have to look inside myself. What can I do better? And one of the things we came up with this year, uh, and I don't think, like it wasn't a me thing. It was just something that was inspired by somebody else. But we we didn't create session minimums. We just added a print credit, a very large print credit. So now when you book a session with us, it's the same price as it was. Actually, we did raise the price on the sessions a little bit. Uh, we also changed our sessions to not be boy or girl specific. So anybody could do any one of our sessions. And it gives people a lot of versatility. But what we've done is every one of our sessions, if it's a $500 session, it's $1,500 to book it. And the idea is they get a $1,000 credit. They're still paying the same, but they understand up front, okay, I'm spending at least $1,500. So it's going to take out some of the people that are like, holy crap, that's way too much. But it's also going to raise the bar for the people that are like, I can do $1,500 because then once they get in here, that money's already been spent. And so now they're on to spending new things and they can now afford more than five or $6,000. And so it's a great way to do that. Now, the way to change your prices without raising your prices is lower the offering. If you're giving out 4,000 digitals for a 300 or sorry, a $35 session fee and you get all the digitals, Okay, give them 2,000 digitals and you just doubled your money, right? $35, price is the same, but you're giving them less, you're working less, you're effectively raising your prices. Consider that and think about it. Number 11, plan your marketing. Um, we've talked about calendars. You can see over on the wall where Mia is. So those are our calendars. Those are our, our planning calendars. We're actually setting it up to have all 12 months up on the wall. You can actually get some really cheap great options on um, Amazon. I think like 60 bucks for like a big, like four foot by eight foot calendar, okay? You have to write the numbers in, you have to do all the work, you have to color code it, everything, or you can go to our website and for I think 160 bucks, order all of our calendars just like that with the color coding already set up. It comes with the post-it notes, comes with the Sharpies, comes with everything you need. And I'll even share a video with you about how we use those calendars. But plan your marketing. Go up to your calendars and write down, okay, for this month, this is our marketing focus. Uh, and then you understand that, okay, if this is our marketing focus this month, we're gonna spend the, the 60 days before that doing all the social media and all this stuff to encourage that. 
Annie, we were talking the other day and she actually suggested something that was really cool and I really liked the idea, was to break it up into quarters. Have a specific marketing goal for the quarter. For those of you who do seniors, you know that January, February, and March is not the best time for seniors, depending upon where you're at, but it's a great time for the model programs or influencer programs or whatever you call it. And so make that your focus. Make sure that all your social media, all your direct mail, anything focuses on that. Build excitement about your marketing and, and engage with people. Get people to engage on social media. I do this every year, I struggle because I'm ready to just take a break for a couple months and I'm like non-existent. Well, lately I've been non-existent on social media anyway because Mia does so much. So it kind of takes it off my, my plate. So that's plan your marketing number 11. Make sure that you are planning it out and be effective and driven about how you do that. And I know that's a hard thing, but if it works better to break it up into quarters and do it that way, uh, then break it down from there. What can you do month by month? Well, go back to the smart thing and use, use those smart goals. Is it something that's going to, is it a marketing plan that's going to actually further, like you were saying, the mark, or are you just doing it to throw content out there? I think a lot of people just throw content out there and they're not yeah. paying attention to, again, you have to have marketing goals. What is your goal for this? Bring in new influencers. And does this story, is that going to follow that? Is there a time frame? Is it, it going to hold that? Yeah. Yeah. Is it realistic? Is it something that you really need to be spending your time on or are you just doing it to do it because everyone tells you to do it? Yeah, absolutely. So like Mia's saying, just make sure that it's defined and focused. Yeah. Make sure that your content, and I think that is such a valid point. Um, your content really does have to be focused or have a purpose. So if you want engagement, make sure that your content is something that people can engage with and that it has a purpose. Number 12, um, this is a simple one, clean and service your gear. While it's the downtime, if this is your busy time, maybe not a good time to do it, but clean and service your gear. And there's a lot to this, in my opinion. If you have like Canon or Nikon or Sony, a lot of them have pro service options like Canon CPS. Uh, for $100, you get like two free cleanings a year, uh, I believe. And so uh, if you have the $500 one, it's like, unlimited cleanings or something like that. So send your equipment down to Canon Pro Services, get it cleaned. If you're going to any of the big conventions like imaging or WPPI, a lot of those companies are there and will clean for free while you're there. Uh, so make sure your, your stuff is good. Check your cards, uh, make sure everything is good. Just clean it up, inventory it. One of the things that we are going to work on, Mia, I haven't told Mia about this, <laughs> is inventorying our stuff because I realize I have a bunch of stuff out like people borrow it and then just conveniently never bring it back. And I got so much crap that I don't know where it all is. So uh, one of the things we're working on or I'm going to work on is creating a Trello card that's specific to the equipment. A picture, the serial number, when I bought it, like all those things on it and then if somebody uses it, I'm gonna mark it down in Trello and I'm gonna put a return date on it and send them an email on the date that that comes up. And so that way we can keep track of our inventory, know where our, our equipment is, because believe it or not, some of the biggest values in business are the inventory you have. And that can also be the inventory of equipment that you 
have working with. Uh, also, clean out your your storage closet. <laughs> mine, mine can <laughs> probably so just often. you could probably just throw a bomb in there. Um, but sell the crap you don't use. And if you have old stuff that needs to be updated, consider updating it. Consider the conventions, the expos, uh, updating that stuff there. Take cash and buy with cash because you can get a deal. I, I've told you this guys lots of times. I have a printer I think is going out right now. And so when I go to the expo, I'll probably plan to buy a printer while I'm at the expo because I get a lot of ink with it. I get a discount. They ship it for free. All those great things save me money in the long run. So we have just covered 12 fabulous things that you can do super easy right now uh, before the end of 2022. Some of it might lead into 2022, but there are things that you can jump right in and get things going, get working on them. 12 things that you can do that will set you up to be prepared for success in 2022. Mia, do you have anything you want to add to that? Um, just on the number 12, I think we think about the big stuff. We had a really sad experience happen not that long ago where we had one simple little card that ruined that whole session for that family. And we were doing mini shoots and oh, yeah. ran through the whole thing. And we had the system going. We get them in so they can see their sales session and we can't pull anything. And we're talking little kids. So like these little kids were in there and they had their cookies and they were doing the whole thing. And the mom was done and the kids are now done. And mom was so excited because they was acted so, so great. Excited. Yeah. And they were so cute in camera. But for some reason, the camera was going faster than the card was downloading. And so... Um, we lost everything and they had to come in. I don't think they I got think the anything car, off that card. Did you? The card just corrupted. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a decision of like, do we spend the money to upgrade the card or just bring them in and do a new shoot? So that's yeah. kind of what it was. So but, don't forget getting rid of those cards or not necessarily. I don't know how you check those actually to see if they're still, you working, know, but. honestly, I think it's really just a matter of if you have cards that are old, quit putting them into circulation yeah. and buy two new cards every six months. Yeah, and um, keep them circulating because there's there's literally nothing worse than getting done with a session yeah. and realizing that you have to go out and redo everything because of a simple thing like that. Uh, most of the cameras now have the capability to shoot to two cards. Sometimes that's not a bad idea, especially if you're doing weddings. Absolutely do it. But, I mean, there's lots of different ways that you can work with it. But it's also little things like computers and well, that's not little things. And I'll have Mia actually write out the different steps in uh, Facebook. So if you guys are hearing this on the on the um, podcast, head over to the Seven Figure Photographer private Facebook page. Um, if you've never been there, just go over and check it out or send us a message and we'll get you a link to it and get over there and you can check it out there. And other than that, if you guys want to be updated on like, like I send out a text message now. I've been doing really good about that and sending out more invites. So yeah, I guess we'll call it a day. Let's hope that I have a voice after today because I did kind of push it a little bit, but I think we'll be good and we will see you guys all next Tuesday. Yep, we will. And uh, peace out. Have a fabulous weekend and enjoy your families. Take care. Bye-bye.